Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, November 28th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris, and I've got my guy as we go through one more iteration of an in-season tournament night, which is, of course, the biggest nights that you get during the week. Kenny will tell you all about just how important these games are and how it's totally turned the face of the NBA upside down. But Kenny, eight games we're looking at over here for another in-season night. A bunch of uh, pretty close ones as far as the uh, as far as the spreads would have you believe. And most of these games are sitting in kind of that 220 to 230 range. So not really blowing your mind as far as what could be a kind of mid-scoring night. But uh, how are things with you? What are you looking at as far as kind of the overall slates, uh, overall slates looking like as far as the in-season tournament's concerned? Oh, man. You know, I'm I'm loving this. The East Group B and the East Group C, they're really going to be um, trying to run up the scores in those games because the Knicks, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Nets are all in it for the final wild card spot. So... It's all about point differential, so they just need to win their game and also outscore everybody. So I really do love this slate, especially with these four teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you said it, especially about that East Group C. I don't think uh, many would have potentially picked Orlando to be the team that's uh, pulling ahead over here, and they had a pretty uh, signature win over Boston in that last uh, in-season tournament night where they pretty much blew them out. It's been, I mean, they've been fun to watch this entire season. I'm actually excited to watch what Orlando does, but for them to look like they're going to be the ones to come out of their group, it's definitely going to be a dogfight for who's going to be the remainder of the East to come through in that wildcard slot. But jumping right into what is a pretty exciting slate, you always want to keep yourself on top of what's going on. And the only way to do that is to get yourself subscribed onto sportsethos.com, get yourself with the fantasy pass, that DFS pass, so you can get yourself access to all of the amazing content that Sports Ethos puts out on a daily basis. You'll get access to our articles where you can look at all of the player props that are coming up. And Kenny was just telling me uh, off uh, off stream over here that he's looking at a potential 30X over here. These are the kind of things that you look at only if you are getting yourself in the know with all the DFS pros. And you can get that on our Discord as well, which you also get access to with the Sports Ethos Fantasy Pass. So if you haven't already, get yourself onto sportsethos.com and do that as soon as you can. But Kenny is always kind of looking at these uh, you know, larger slate of games. It just happens to make a lot more sense to focus on kind of positions in general over here. And I mean, looking at some of the guard sides over here, specifically the point guard. I mean, the where I'm kind of seeing myself going is looking to spend up potentially a little bit more on some of these point guards that are here. And you know, the one that I always like to try and uh, start off with, and that's in that Golden State Sacramento game. As far as a point spread's concerned, it's expected to be the highest scoring game of the night with uh, Draymond also coming back. That also helps as far as you know, the Warriors who have been on a bit of a, I want to say necessarily fully struggling because they've been able to pull out about a 500 record in the time he's been out. But as we always know, they just function so much better with Draymond out there. And it also opens up so much more for Steph Curry, who is down to 9,500, had a bit of an off game the last time they faced Sacramento. But the first or at the start of the season where they went into Sacramento, he shot 14 of 19, ended up on a 57 and a half 
DK points tonight, which probably could have been a little bit more if uh, Golden State hadn't uh, done what they needed to to be able to wrap up the game near the end there. So from a spend-up perspective, I'm really liking what uh, what Steph Curry is going to potentially be able to bring here uh, in a position where his floor should be pretty secure, probably looking for a, uh, a pretty big night here to get everything kind of back on track as far as a fully healthy Golden State Warriors concerned. And uh, he's probably going to be my favorite point guard as far as uh, full-on spend-ups considering. But uh, what are you looking at as far as kind of big uh, big point guard options are here? Oh, man, with my um, spend-up, I'm going to be looking at the tournament. And I'm going to be looking at one of the 2-1 teams, and it's got to be Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's in a great high-scoring, potential high-scoring matchup against Atlanta. If you remember last week, they broke the Rector scare on uh, point scored, what combined for about 310 with, uh, when they played against Indiana. Mm. And I really do feel like when points differential is going to play a big role into their chances of making the wild card spot, I really do feel like this is a spot that Mitchell should be a potential 40 point game out of him. And that could also lead to a potential um, 60 DraftKings point game. So for 9 2, if I'm spending up, that's going to be my first spend up at the point guard position. Yeah, I like it. I think that's uh, completely fair. And given the fact that he's had kind of two bad games, as far as the pure shooting side of things are concerned, probably a good spot for him to try and turn things around now that he's uh, getting himself kind of back in the groove off his injury. I was actually looking at the other side of the uh, the guard slot as far as Cleveland was concerned, which was Darius Garland to me at 7,200. You know, c- kind of in a similar scenario where I do expect that this is going to be one of those games where Cleveland's going to be pushing hard to be able to put up as many points as possible. But at the same time, Garland is, is one of those guys who I really kind of look at when he gets himself going into some sort of a hot streak as far as his shooting is concerned. And while he's had kind of that one dud game against the Lakers, by and large, he's been shooting close to 50% from the field over the last uh, five games and just finding himself in a better groove as far as pure offense is concerned. So for him being at a price point that's actually quite a bit lower than what we've been seeing for pretty much the entirety of the season, down to 7,200, a pretty safe floor for a guy who you know is going to be playing somewhere close to 40 minutes in a game that should be a, uh, a pretty up-paced one. It's probably the uh, the mid-tier guy that I'm looking at most as far as point guards are concerned. Okay, that's a pretty solid pick. Uh, for mid-tier, I'm actually going to go into that Golden State game you was talking about, and I'm actually going to pick up Malik Buck for five sets. I really do feel like this should be a potential high-scoring game, and if you remember correctly... Uh, Malik Monk plays the Warriors pretty well. His shots mm. usually tend to fall when um, he's going up against the, the local team. Um, so I feel like if you give him about 25, 30 minutes in the game, he should get you anywhere from 12 to 15 shots. About seven of those shots should be a three-point attempt. And you do always have a potential assist, um, a higher assist potential, especially if the Aaron Fox does get into foul trouble. Yeah, completely fair. And uh, for my last one, as far as the guard side of things are concerned, and I'm looking at uh, my Toronto Raptors over here, and it really just comes down to, do I think that Gary Trent can get his shot back on? Because he is, is getting his minutes into that mid-20s, which you like, which also is corresponding to about 12 to 13 field goal attempts a game. And really where the uh, concern has been coming for him is whether he can get his three-point shot to fall, which has been definitely down as far as uh, the season overall is concerned quite a bit below uh, what we had been seeing kind of in the last season his field goal percentage is sitting at about 39 overall his shooting from the three-point line especially at um, at away games 
has been at about 37%, which is a decent spot, but his volume is down from where we expected last time around too. So for me, I'm expecting this to be a nice bounce back opportunity for him to really get some of that shot flow going. It's Toronto absolutely needs it off the bench. He's been playing as that, uh, and a first uh, six-man option over there without really getting the opportunity to get those supporting stats going. So I expect that uh, this will be a decent game at 4,100 being his lowest salary all season over here. I think that's a pretty safe floor to be able to jump in on someone who's got some decent value and that uh, point guard, shooting guard, dual eligibility to fit him in where you need to. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, for my low-tier play, I'm actually not going to be looking into uh, tournament contention teams. I'm actually going to be looking at a team that I think will actually go into this game just uh, trying to play their players, get them a couple minutes. And that's going to be your team, the Raptors. And I'm actually going to throw a flyer on uh, Malachi Flynn. Mm. Um, It seems like he's been getting 20 minutes in the rotation, honestly, for the past month. Um, When it comes to fantasy points per minute, he might not always get there. But... When he does get 20 minutes, he does have a potential of having one fantasy point per minute. So if his shot fall and he's able to find a three-pointer, which the Raptors clearly do need at the moment, especially going up against Brooklyn, I really do feel like this could be a sneaky spot. You can actually spend 3-5 and actually get a 20-point game out of Malachi Flynn. Yeah, I think a lot of that's going to be uh, game scripting on there. Malachi's definitely played better as the season has gone on, and it's, and Darko has a little bit more faith in him to be able to actually throw him out there more consistently. So. Well, let's see. I'm okay with him doing well on the night over there. Uh, Jumping over to the shooting guard side of things. And really for me over here, I was pretty much only interested in uh, some of these mid-tier guys over. I didn't really want to spend up on the shooting guard options that we had, which most of which obviously fit in with uh, with point guards, depending on where it is that you're looking at. But as far as uh, mid-tier is concerned, really there was two guys that uh, really kind of made me interested as far as things are concerned. First of all, on that Houston Dallas game over there, Jalen Green, who for me, one, I always have liked taking Jalen Green in general, whenever he gets uh, himself going as far as his minutes and that kind of points per minute production that he's had, but more so of interest to me is just the fact that he's getting his field goal percentage back uh, to a little closer to what we were seeing in the prime of what he was doing last season. You know, he started off a bit slow as far as the season's concerned, and especially on away games, he's actually been shooting terribly over there, about 36% from the field. So obviously a Dallas game over here, which is going to be, you know, one that's, uh, you know, that Texas rivalry that always is there, but also the fact that uh, it's a 232 and a half uh, game total night with the Mavericks only expected to uh, be on a five point spread. Obviously, I don't like to game script too much over here, but I do expect this will be a pretty close game going throughout. And it's going to happen because Jalen Green's going to need to continue to be that uh, offensive threat that Houston needs him to be on a regular basis and to take some of that pressure away from uh, from Sangoon and Van Vliet for having to do a lot of the uh, shot creation for him. So. For a guy who's had two straight games above 40 DK points, sitting at 6,400 in a position where he'll likely get uh, anywhere between 34 to 36 minutes, I like that spot. And at the same time, I look at uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 5,700 as well, who uh, one with Jalen Johnson's uh, injury was clearly one of the uh, main beneficiaries, got up to 32 minutes in the last game. Uh, his shot total is likely going to be in that same kind of range that he's had, but he'll get the opportunity to be a little bit more involved kind of on-ball, off-ball. We we saw him get a uh, season-high seven rebounds in the last game, which I'm not necessarily predicting is going to happen again. But 
in general, what you're seeing is with the greater minutes total, he's going to have the opportunity to be able to rack up a little bit more on the support stats alongside the fact that he'll always get anywhere between 12 to 15 shots a game. So a pretty good spot for him to uh, be able to go ahead and take advantage of his 5,700 price tag. All right, man, those are definitely some um, solid picks. I'm actually spending up a little bit more than you in this position. And my first pick at the two guard, I I guess you could say that's a mid spend up, little high mid is um, at 8-2. And that's Jalen Brown going up against Chicago, trying to get the wild card spot in this in-season tournament. Chicago just been letting any team go off against them, especially in the first half. And since points differential is going to play a part in this end season tournament, Missoula might actually play the starter regular minutes. So if the game does get out of hand, this might be a 30, 40 point win for the Celtics so they could get the wild card spot. And I really do feel like this will be one of these games where Jalen Brown will magically find his three point shot and actually get you 40 actual points. Yeah, I like it. I mean, as far as the uh, the points differential is concerned, we're definitely seeing that be a potential trend over here. And Vegas is obviously following that same line here as well. I think the Celtics are being favored to win by what, 12 and a half uh, on this game over here. So definitely not expected to be a close game, but that's not necessarily going to mean that we'll get less minutes for uh, for the starters over there. So, yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Uh, any more kind of shooting guards uh, on your side that you're particularly fond of or should we move forward to the small forwards here? Um, I feel like this is more of a flyer pick, and it's still going to be more of a mid-tier, kind of a, a little bit more of a spend-up type play. And that's actually going to be um, against your Raptors, and that's Lonnie Walker at 6-3. I was going to mm-hmm. save him more for my small forward position. But again, when you go for point differential, I will look for players who can actually score you points in a bundle. And Lonnie Walker at 6-3 should have low ownership and a potential of giving you 25, 30 actual points and about five or six three-pointers in a game where you get you that many points. Yeah, for sure. And given the fact that uh, we still have uh, Cam Thomas and these guys sitting out and he's going to be in a pretty good position to continue getting his shots per minute, I like it. I think he can do well for his uh, for his price tag there. Uh, moving on onto the small forward side of things. So as much as I was talking about the mid-tier on the shooting guard side, I have ended up focusing on kind of the uh, the value side as far as small forwards are concerned, because I feel like there's more uh, good spend-up options when we start talking about the power forwards and centers, which I'll get to shortly. But as far as kind of the guys that I'm looking at over here, as far as small forwards concerned, uh, first of all, given the fact that uh, we're seeing uh, Haywood Highsmith for the Miami Heat find himself uh, in a questionable status, likely uh, not to play just if uh, some of my early uh, reading into uh, some of the beat writers is coming into. We saw Caleb Martin finally get back into the uh, the kind of minutes that he was seeing consistently on the Miami Heat throughout last season. And I do expect that we're going to start to see him get to that, just showing, first of all, his versatility as a defender for the, uh, for the Heat throughout uh, what he did last season, obviously what he did during the playoffs. And in general, just is an incredibly important player for what their rotation is. Now, I don't expect him necessarily shoot 9 of 18 as he did in that last game against Brooklyn, but for a guy who's going to be at 4-5 and should be able to get somewhere close to that uh, 30-minute mark as long as uh, the rest of this rotation is working out as it is, I expect this to be a a pretty close game in which uh, Miami is going to need a lot of his uh, perimeter defense to try and keep uh, some of of those bombs that Milwaukee can consistently throw at you from out there, especially with it being Damian Lillard, Malik Beasley. They work off each other, and they're definitely focused on 
opening up uh, some of that space for Giannis on the inside. I expect Caleb Martin is going to be highly needed as far as Miami's defense is concerned, and I like him for his price tag. And on that same kind of note of looking at the outside, uh, we do know Jalen Williams is coming back for this game, but I do expect that in general, uh, OKC has shown their trust in Isaiah Joe to be there and a go-to gunner from outside. He got himself all the way up to 12 three-point attempts in that previous game against Philly, which was a narrow loss for the OKC uh, Thunder, who are having an incredible season, sitting at second seed at this point in the West and obviously looking like one of the uh, surprise packages. So we'll see what their uh, their progress continues to be. But for Isaiah Joe, who's uh, really got himself in a incredible position as far as his three-point shooting is concerned, and especially in away games where he's actually shooting 55% from outside, averaging a little over uh, 20 DK points in that, I expect that his uh, 4400 price tag is going to be a pretty good spot for a Minnesota team that has been tough to break down on the inside, and you've been trying to attack them a lot more from the outside, and Isaiah Joe is going to be the key to that for the uh, Thunder in that game. Nah, definitely some solid picks. Um, I really do like the Isaiah Joe pick as well. Um, I actually had my eyes on him as well. Um, for my spend-up at the small forward position, um, kind of the same reason why I like Jalen Brown. I also like Jason Tatum. Um, another player who gets you 40 actual points in a game where point differential really will matter, especially since they're behind Orlando by 10 points uh, for the wild card spot. I uh, really do feel like this game going to go over the spread due to that so jason tatum will be my spend up in that position going a little bit cheaper i will pair um two players from the same team just going to choose one of them either or and that's matt struess and yang they both been giving you about 25 minutes they both have the potential to make four three-pointers in a game and they both have the potential to take 10 in the game again points differential is important to cleveland as well plus they play in atlanta which should actually speed them up. And my flyer, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually picking a player who has no um, in-season tournament connection. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I'm actually going to throw out uh, Patrick Williams. A um, little bit of a flyer, but I want to say the last game, he probably played about 40 minutes. Um, I know he played almost 40 minutes when he played OKC. And I feel like if he's just going to be out there, especially if it's a little bit of a speed-up matchup, it should actually give him a couple more potential rebounds and can give him a sneaky um, double-double opportunity at um, 4-2. So whichever Celtics I'm running, I'm probably going to run it back with Patrick Williams to save some salary and actually get the same game script in there as well. Yeah, that's fair. I actually had Patrick Williams as one of my kind of cheap power forwards on there, but works uh, works perfectly well to be able to get him. As you said, his minutes are are pretty well secure, and Chicago need as as much as they can get out of him as far as his uh, his defensive prowess is concerned. So, at the very least, he'll be Tony Snelling it out there for 40 minutes. But moving it on to the uh, power forward side of things, and uh, this is where uh, a couple of uh, a couple of interesting kind of ways that you can potentially look at things is uh, coming through on here. And I'm going to start with that uh, Charlotte and uh, New York game in which uh, we have Miles Bridges sitting up at 8,000 on here. And, you know, I, I've made my feelings clear. I don't necessarily love taking Miles Bridges <laughs> given everything else, but man, from a fantasy perspective, he is in a great position to continue to just absolutely succeed on this, uh, on this Hornets team, especially given just how much they're needing him to rebound at this moment. Uh, they've, they've definitely changed around in, in terms of kind of the, uh, 
the center position, the forwards, they're running a lot more small ball lineups and Miles Bridges is pretty much taking over as the primary rebounder since he's uh, really found his groove coming back. He's gotten a grand total of 35 rebounds in the last three games, has been averaging about uh, 46 DK points in that time. And I expect that his price tag is going to continue to rise kind of closer to that uh, 9,000 mark here. So at 8,000 in a matchup that Everyone likes to perform well in, in New York. Uh, it is one of those games where New York is expected to win by a uh, you know a relatively kind of fair margin, and they are also in that kind of wild card hunt over here. So we'll see what that means as far as their performance is concerned. But I expect Bridges' minutes are secure regardless, and if he can get himself into that uh, kind of high 30s, which we've seen so far, he should have no problem getting a a pretty solid double double in here and be able to do pretty well for his price tag. Uh, definitely um, solid pickups. Uh, for power forwards, I'm actually going to spend up on one of your Raptors. <laughs> and that's actually Pascal Siakam. I mm-hmm. really do like the role he's been playing recently. And it seems like he's able to get you five assists the first quarter of every single game and just stop, you know, distributing the ball to people or people connecting on shots. But I really do feel like he's bound to actually get his first triple-double of the season sooner rather than later and especially in a game that should be a little bit of a faster paced game than usual due to a team trying to run up the score a little bit um i, I feel like that's going to be a solid solid one or two lineups that i will have a man at eight two for a potential 60 point night 60 point DraftKings points night out of him as a stand-up going a little bit cheaper i'm not the biggest fan of this, but I feel like not too many people will be on him. That's going to be my Meritor pickup, and that's going to be Jabari Smith at 5'9". I really do feel like this is going to be a game where he could get you a potential double-double. Um, I want to say in the month of November, he's averaging about 8.5 rebounds and giving you about 15 points. The problem with him is you never know what the three-pointer is going to do for you, and he's I don't get it. Um, as much of a usage rating he's has, he's never really get to the line too much. Um, outside of just giving you a couple um, putback attempts, and he might get to the line off of that. Then for my cheapie, I'm not really in love with too many plays. But if I have to throw in just one cheap, one flyer, um, I'm probably going to throw um, Tory Craig in there um, in the Chicago-Boston matchup. He's been getting about 20 minutes a game. And he's another player who's kind of like Patrick Williams. If he out there, he may or might, may or may not get you some stats while on the floor. But for three cents, you need to save some salary. And I feel like that's somebody who can actually help you out there. Yeah, I like it. I think there's a couple of opportunities to be able to go on. Uh, one guy that I uh, also wanted to mention as far as uh, the power forward is concerned before we move on is uh, the guy who got to play 40 minutes in that first game as soon as uh, we heard about the Jalen Johnson news, which was DeAndre Hunter on the Atlanta Hawks. Got up to 40. I don't necessarily always love him just because his offensive output can be kind of shaky. But what has been is his field goal attempts. Last three games now has been averaging about uh, 14 field goal attempts a game in that time. And despite the fact that he's not necessarily the uh, the biggest pure point scorer, he's been able to average about uh, 35 DK points in that time as well. So uh, for a price tag, that's again, gives you a lot of room to be able to kind of exploit the upside. Uh, we already spoke about how that Atlanta Cleveland game is going to be uh, a pretty close one. One of the higher scoring ones of the night. I expect that he should be able to replicate uh, a little similar to what he's been doing in that Boston game and uh, hoping that he can kind of keep that going here and uh, do that for the Hawks 
as this uh, small forward power forward dual eligibility works for him. Moving right on into the uh, the center side of things, then just uh, your big man out in the middle. Here's where you know I've been looking at potential uh, spend ups as far as when I say spend ups, it's kind of in that eight thousand range over here, which I'm starting with Carl uh, Anthony Towns again in a situation where. I expect that uh, you know Minnesota is going to continue to find different ways to be able to get involved. I expect that he actually has had kind of you know off ownership, only played about 26 minutes in that last game where uh, they pretty much blew Memphis out. I expect this to be a closer game on here and a matchup in which he can really exploit uh, the opportunity to be able to take on Chet. Obviously, there's a lot uh, to do over there, and uh, you know for Cat to be in a uh, in a position where he can really of use his uh, strength and his ability to be able to pull Chet out onto the perimeter. I expect they're going to try to run a lot of offense uh, through Cat in this game. And for 8,600, there's just a lot to like in his upside here. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, for my spin-up, I'm actually going to go into Houston-Dallas game and actually going to go with Shen Goon. Hmm. Um, similar to reasons to why I actually like Jabari Smith in this matchup, I like Shen Goon as well. I really do feel like this is a double-double spot for him. It will cost a little bit more, but it will be a little bit uh, more safer of a play if he can stay out of foul trouble. Um, during the season, I want to say he's been averaging about, what, 45, 50 drafting points in the month, month of November. And his floor actually been pretty safe compared to last season. I want to say the worst game I've seen him this season was uh, probably a 35-point drafting point night. And going up against Dallas, they really do – give a good amount of stats to big men as well. So I'm actually going to have some interest in that matchup. If I'm going to go a little bit cheaper, I actually have to go, um, man. No, you mentioned Miles Bridges. I'm actually going to go uh, PJ Washington. Um, I was tr- trying to think of if you actually started that power forward or not. I know you brought up one of the Hornets players. Um, I really do feel like Bridges will be a little bit favored on this and Mark Williams might be a little bit favored on this as well, but I really do feel like um, if Washington give you 30 minutes in this matchup, especially with Rozier playing the point compared to LaMelo, I feel like he's going to be in a better spot um, than people actually think. And if he can actually find a shot against New York, I really do feel like he can get you 20 actual points. Won't give you too many rebounds, but for five sets, get a little different, might be able to get a 30 point, draft king point night out of him and then if you want to go cheap and really um <laughs> want to take a chance um i'm gonna have some interest in Rashawn holmes for 4k um again potential double double spot going up against houston if you get the pt he should be able to get you about 25 30 draft king points in this matchup yeah, I like that. And Rashawn Holmes is actually on my uh, on my list as a potential guy who just continues to, uh, if you can get, like I said, 20, 25 minutes over there, he has that uh, easy double-double capability. And kind of staying in that uh, in that same range over there, I actually do like Precious Chua for that uh, 4,000 mark as well. Uh, it just comes down to, you know, if he can get to that 20 minutes mark and really in a matchup against Brooklyn where you're going to get that, that opportunity to be uh, – 
you know, running it with a little bit of a smaller ball lineup, unless they have, you know, Claxton going, uh, going big minutes for them. It ends up being one of those situations where you've seen Precious in the past have some pretty good games against Brooklyn over here. And I, I expect in this game as well, they're going to be running with him a little bit more than, uh, than Yako Pertle just to be able to throw a couple of things out there. Obviously, uh, Achua has the ability to also stretch the floor a little bit and he can kind of be sneaky in terms of being able to, uh, run some of the, uh, run some of those, uh, shifty passes at the top of the, at the top of the key and rack up, you know, three to four assists before you even know it. So for him, if as long as he can play anywhere between uh, 20 to 22 minutes, which is really what I expect uh, him to do in a matchup where he can uh, exploit some of those uh, other, uh, other positions on the, on the floor there, he could end up with a uh, 20 to 25 uh, DK points night uh, pretty comfortably over here. But that does uh, bring us to the end of, I said, a lot of a uh, lot of different ways to be able to go here. Eight game in-season tournament night, a lot and lots of things still up in the air in terms of who's going to end up qualifying and you know, points differential is going to be a huge factor. So definitely keep an eye out as far as not only the injury report is concerned, but everything as far as uh, what the starting lineups are going to look like as we get closer to the slate itself. That's again going to happen with you getting subscribed onto sportsethos.com's DFS Pass. But uh, until then, as always, you can hit me up on Twitter and uh, catch me at uh, HAK underscore devil to talk to me about who you're building your lineup around. And as always, Kenny, where can the people find you to get them their uh, world basketball talks? <laughs> yeah, you can catch me on uh, Twitter at OrangeDFS. I'm always talking about basketball. If you want to talk about this uh, makeup game in the EuroLeague with uh, Maccabi and Real Madrid, that's tomorrow morning. Down to talk about that or any other basketball around the world all right well i love it well that will bring us to the end of this one as always hit us up get yourself subscribed on sports ethos keep in engaging with us ramiz and i will see you tomorrow to be able to talk through the wednesday or the thursday slate that's coming up there but uh, until then let's go ahead and take down some gpps